Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen. As I realize the window in front of me is open, let me just pause this and close that really quickly as I get the screen to full. And with that, we're back. We are broadcasting from the studios at Shirley Lane. Now, now all set up here and where I believe I'll be residing until hopefully I'll get out of here by the end of football season. But um, this is where we're going to be for right now is my friend Trey Watkins joining us. Uh, Trey, I appreciate you coming on and uh, and chatting with us. I know you're a little bit busier this this summer and uh, we, we can't do a ton of podcasts throughout, but I'm glad we got to chat today. Yeah, um, summer, well, now with the NFL starting to relax some of the protocols, I'm hoping to get out to training camp this summer, uh, preseason games, and hopefully get back to my groove before COVID ruined everything in uh, 2020. So, uh, but yeah, summer is a little bit more busier than usual, which is unfortunate, but it's better to be busy than, you know, not to, it's better to be busy than not having anything to do, so uh i'm not mad at it at all that's what i'm really trying to say absolutely so uh well we definitely hope you can join us a few times after you go to training camp and we can pick up some titans tidbits as (laughs) we of course uh and if you need a podcast to talk about that on this is always a great place to do that so hopefully we can get you on to talk about a little bit of that when uh when that kicks off and hopefully you can give us some preseason thoughts on Malik Willis and the Titans and, 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 all, and all that jazz. So Trey, I'm glad you're back with me. And uh, it's always, it's always fun to do these. I hope that you also have a, at least a little bit of fun with these. Um, I wanted to ask you championship Sunday in soccer across the globe. I will admit I was a bad soccer fan. I went to a concert last night and slept in until 1130, but I watched all the highlights this afternoon, and I will say, what an exciting championship Sunday. City coming back from down 2 nothing to win 5-2, crazy scoreline. Uh, all five goals coming in like the last 20 minutes, basically. Um, I thought that that was uh, quite impressive. What were some of your takeaways from Championship Sunday? Anything in particular stick out to you that you were particularly pleased to see? Uh, well, of course, that Man City game sticks out. They were down 0-2 in the final minutes of the game, and they were on Man City were on the verge of praying for Liverpool to at least draw uh, with Wolves so they can uh, go through on goal difference, but they seemingly woke up in the last 25 minutes of the second half, uh, and it, it turned out to be a thriller, a 3-2 scoreline, final scoreline. It was a really fun game to watch. So that was that was really, really fun to watch. Excuse me. Also, what was really fun to watch was the relegation battle. I know there were two clubs that were fighting for the last relegation spot to see who stays and see who stays up. Burnley and Leeds. Leeds came into uh, today in the relegation spot. I believe they were tied on points with Burnley due to the goal difference. Leeds had Brentford away. Burnley had Newcastle away, I believe. So 
uh, Leeds end up staying alive, which I wasn't happy about because there's a certain Barcelona target on Leeds that would have been cheaper if Leeds went down. But it is what it is. And, you know, good to Leeds, though. Good to Leeds. Um, they fought through some crap this year. They got rid of their old manager who was, you know, really was to spearhead of getting them back to the Premier League last season after so many years away. So brought in Jesse March. Marsh, excuse me, American uh, soccer man or American football manager that a lot of people over here in America are familiar with. So uh, he stayed afloat. He fought the good fight and he kept them up. So um, good on Marsh, good on Leeds. Unfortunate for Burnley. Um, actually not so unfortunate since I do not like Burnley and watching them at all. So they can go down for all I care. But <laughs> good on Leeds for staying up. Uh, good on Man City for clutching it out in the last uh, 25 minutes of the second half to win the Premier League title. And um, unfortunately for Liverpool, which, you know, they had a chance at the quadruple, but they couldn't pull it out. Uh, you know, so they still have a chance, had a little bit of a trouble if they win the Champions League final next weekend. But we'll see how it is. That's going to be a tough game either way because of Real Madrid. So, Yeah. I – don't know how to feel about Manchester City because they are dominant in the Premier League. Obviously, what's kind of dogged them is that Champions League performances. But let me tell you, I, I think that you could make an argument that they are, since like Manchester United's prime in the 90s, they are the most dominant Premier League side we've ever seen. I mean, four titles in the last five years in that league in particular is incredibly impressive. Yeah, it is. And it just goes to show if you have a real good foundation in place, real good manager in place, a lot of good players and a lot of money, <laughs> you can do anything. But um, certainly Pep being there has really just trans helped transform that club, um, which I just didn't think it was. I didn't. I, I knew Manchester City were going to do some good things when they brought in Pep. Uh, because he had the budget at his side, they were going to go out and go buy player the players that he needed. But I expect them to just turn into this Premier League powerhouse that they've turned into. Uh, the only thing that's really eluded them is the Champions League title, and uh, they haven't been able to get it. You know, they've come close over the last couple of years, but they haven't been able to get it. But um, they're adding Holland, so uh, certainly that's one piece of the puzzle that you know could really tip them over the edge and get them that Champions League trophy that they've really longed for for a long time now. So, um, but they turn into a juggernaut. They turn into a Eagles powerhouse and um, they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. It's, it's fun watching them dominate at times. One last soccer question and then we'll get into our, our topic for today, which is going to be, by the way, let me just tease it right here. What does Trey believe? A series of eight questions, each relating to a certain division and some very much relating to some of the offseason news we've been getting over the past few weeks, because there has been a lot. But I think this is a good way to touch on some of the offseason news and still have a fun time looking around the divisions. We will maybe in two or three weeks or next week or whenever if Trey is around and available, do what does Eric believe where uh, Trey can bring some questions 
for me. But today we will play What Does Trade Believe? But first, Barcelona corner. I looked at the standings, and I mean, the way you talk about Barcelona, I would think they'd literally be in relegation and just about to fall out of the league entirely. But they were in second place. They were only 10 points off, really, from being in contention with Real Madrid. And it's tough to do that when Real Madrid just has a monster roster and budget and FC Barcelona doesn't have either of those things. Hopefully uh, they can get back to more prominence next year. Now that they're, are they still in financial trouble or, or is, are we, are we done with that? I think they're still in a little bit of financial trouble. They just don't have the funds available to get them out of the debt that they are in right now i mean they have a couple options on the table um we'll see how it goes over the next couple weeks but as it stands right now they aren't in the best place to sign players in the summer which is not great we will see what ends up happening with barcelona down the road all right trey you ready to get into the football today yeah let's do that so uh, wh- how have you been keeping yourself sharp over the past uh, few weeks? I'm starting to realize I need to start doing some serious roster study. I'm kind of waiting for magazines to come out, but I've been reading uh, Greg Rosenfeld's projected starters series about several teams. I'm starting to familiarize myself with starting rosters a little bit. Uh, what have you been doing to get ready for uh, the NFL season? Because we are about a month and a half away from preview season. Well, ever since draft season ended, I've been biding my time by doing absolutely nothing. I've been enjoying my time off, and I think I deserve that. Uh, but honestly, oh, yeah, no though, doubt. Honestly, though, uh, I've been scouring over just different moves that teams that teams have been making. It's just coming across different things here and there. Um, I think I had a good idea of rosters before uh, – you know, this portion of the offseason began. So uh, I'm not 100% confident, but I think I'm pretty confident. I know a good, you know, a decent bit about the roster situation for most of the teams around the league. I'm definitely not confident. I feel like this offseason has been the season I've been outside of like free agency. This has been the season I've been the least plugged in to the NFL. So I, and so much has happened. But other than the trades and free agent signings and stuff, so much has happened that I've kind of forgotten what 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 has transpired. So these projected starter series by Greg Rosenfeld, very helpful. I would recommend anyone who likes football, go check them out. All right, Trey, what do you believe? Let me just first ask that open-ended question. What do you believe, Trey Watkins? What do I believe? Yeah. You looking for an open answer here, man? Yeah, go for it. Just to start. Uh, what do I believe? Um, I believe in the NFL this year is going to be a bit of a roller coaster. Like it's it, it it always is every single year, and we saw how much of a roller coaster it was in the playoffs last year, and during the tail in the regular season. But it's going to be a roller coaster this year. I really do think so. All right, that's a good start. That's a good baseline. Let's get into some of these division-specific questions. Let's start in the East. Let's start with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. 
Do you believe the Cowboys have done enough to make up for the loss of Amari Cooper earlier this offseason? Uh, I don't really think so. Uh, simply because it's that, it, you know, I know there were some concerns about Amari Cooper's injury history, which, of course, is a valid concern. But when you put him out there on the field and you take it all up, all up at the end of the day, he was still one of the best wide receivers in that division, not even being biased. You know, he was still one of the best um, wide receivers in that that division. Problem is just couldn't stay healthy. Uh you know, I mean, you resign Michael Gallup. You still have C.D. Lamb. I mean, but behind that, though, what do you really have? You know, I mean, I just don't know what they have behind those two. Uh, they brought over James Washington, which he isn't bad. He, he'll he probably slide into that number three role, uh, probably step up to where he was in Pittsburgh. But I'm not that crazy big of a fan of James Washington either way. So, I don't know. I don't think they've done enough. I mean, they did. Slap the franchise tag on uh, Dalton Schultz, but you know maybe I don't I'm I'm not really all that comfortable saying Dalton Schultz is a crazy difference maker tight end either. So he was. I don't know. He, I'll just say this as someone that had Dalton Schultz on his fantasy team for the last four weeks of the season. The last month of last season, I would really go back and recommend watching some Cowboys highlights. Dalton Schultz was absolutely a difference maker. To me, he's going to have a huge year this year, and I think he's going to step in to the superstar realm of tight ends, to be completely honest with you. I think he's a really yeah. good option. Look, that's that's one month of consistency, and that's we, true. Haven't really, we haven't seen that from Dalton Schultz. So maybe, maybe not, but I'm not just going to jump off the limb and say he's going to be jumping to the superstar realm of tight end just because of one month of consistency. I don't do that. Just don't do that. Uh, but just to answer the first question, I don't really think they've done, you know, entirely all that they can or could, excuse me, to replace Amari Cooper. Uh, but certainly their offense is going to be a little bit of a question mark and maybe a little bit interesting as well because they have some familiar pieces, but they also have a bit of a wild card factor with the offense as well. So. Greg Rosenthal projects that that third wide receiver will not be James Washington, but will be instead Jalen Tolbert, the product out of Southern Alabama. I did not get to study him much over the draft. Do you have any thoughts on Jalen Tolbert? Uh, I didn't really start study Jalen Tolbert either. Um, I'm just going with the more experienced name here, uh, yeah. James Washington. Certainly, though, um, if he's Cowboy, a project. I, I yeah, just want to say we can't project, so. Yeah, I just want to say that the, the Cowboys beat reporters seem really high on Tolbert. Uh, I've Thank seen you. some tweet. I've seen some tweets about him. So that that should be interesting. And I like Michael Gallup, but I, I, I think that it is a question and hence why I asked the question. All right, Trey, on to question number two. Do you believe the Jets have done enough to improve the offense around Zach Wilson, specifically the offensive line? Um, I think they've done, actually, I'll just say this. I think they're on a good track per se. Um, I, I know, um, you know, their draft philosophy this year, uh, was to really work, not just draft philosophy, but all season philosophy period. I know a lot of their philosophy was to surround Zach Wilson with as many weapons as possible. Cause last year, 
the weapon situation just wasn't all that good uh, for the Jets last year. Uh, but they did bring in uh, Lakin Tomlinson, who was considered one of the best offensive linemen on the market once free agency opened. Um, he's definitely, definitely not a bad option for that guard spot. Uh, either you still have Makai Becton. I mean, there's still some skepticism about what his future is in New York and how the new staff uh, sees Becton as, you know, a future rock-solid uh, franchise piece uh, moving forward. Uh, certainly, though, just looking over the rest of the roster, I think they have – you know, some decent, decent options along the offensive line. Um, certainly they could do better, but it, it you're not going to somehow turn a bottom five, bottom 10 unit into a top 10, top five unit in the span of one off season, unless, you know, certain opportunities fall into your lap. Um, but I think they've done a decent enough job. Um just consider taking it into the fact that this is this roster is still a project. Like building this roster is still a project, still a project, like 100 percent So um they're not all the way there yet, but I think they're on the right track. Uh, and give them another offseason, see what they can do along that offensive line. And I think we'll get a clearer answer by then. But right now, I, I don't want to judge uh, if they've done a crazy uh good job, but I do think they brought in some nice pieces. So Right. Yeah. You know, I, I think the offensive line is still a real question for me. I know they brought in like in Tom Tomlinson at the guard position, but still the tackles seem like real question marks to me. And uh, I'll, I'll just be interested to see how that goes. They certainly did enough to add to their skill position talent, bringing in guys like Elijah Moore and Brees Hall and well, not Elijah Moore, pardon me, um, Garrett Wilson. Uh, who will pair with Elijah Moore and Brees Hall as uh, as weapons. And, uh, you know, Michael White, I believe, is the second running back there that I believe can uh, can make some noise as well. Jets running backs, as I run a, just a quick Google on that to, to double check. But um, Michael Carter, yes, as I re-remember that name from the start of last season. Yeah, I, I think that the Jets can be a, a good team moving forward offensively. All right, Trey, to your division, the AFC South. I'm going to read some names to you, okay? You ready for this? I am going to read the names of the wide receivers on the Indianapolis Colts, and you tell me if you believe in this group or not here we go wide receivers on the Colts that could make some noises here Paris Campbell Kiki Kuti Ashton Dolan DeMichael Harris Desmond Pattenman Samson Nakua out of BYU Alec Pierce Michael Pickman and Michael Young Jr. Now, there are some depth guys there. There are some starting guys there. I would anticipate the starting three would be Michael Pittman, uh, Alec Pierce, and Paris Campbell with Kiki Kuti kind of slotting in as the fourth. Do you think that the Colts have enough wide receiving power to contend in the 
let's just narrow it down to contend for the AFC South title. Uh, to contend for the AFC South title, I, I think that they have um, just enough, in all honesty. Uh, Michael Pittman, I was low on him coming into last year, um, but he proved me wrong and had some pretty good stretch to play last year to the point where I'm not as down on him, you know, this year. But I, I still think his ceiling as a elite game-changing wide receiver is still limited. That's just my opinion, though. Alec Pierce, a lot of people like that man coming out of the draft and because his athletic profile and his size, excuse me, was simply delectable. I mean, that's a new word, but it's like his athletic profile and his size made him a really intriguing prospect. And I, that's, I think that's why he went so high. Uh, I believe he's around 6'4", 6'5", runs like a 4'4", four, 4'3", four, four, just an insane athlete with insane size that he has. So um, he'll certainly be a nice jump balls sort of target for Matt Ryan. Um, but maybe with the speed, he can put some uh, stress on the back half of the defense as well. But based on what I've seen, I don't think he's that type of player strictly. So um, Paris Campbell, I think what Paris Campbell saw about him staying healthy. I mean, he has never been able to stay healthy. Uh, and when he stayed healthy, he stole some flashes, of course, but he, he's just never been able to stay healthy. Injuries is the name of the game with him. If he can stay healthy, then I think the Colts have a, a nice, speedy wide receiver that can put some stress in the back half of defenses and also has some good hands. So um, it's just all about health with Paris Campbell at this point. Kiki Cutie, I mean, I haven't really watched much of him ever since his uh, – his crazy season, I believe he had with the Houston Texans a couple of years ago. But uh, but from what I've seen, you know, he just hasn't hit that same level since. So who knows what will happen with that. But um, to contend for the AFC South, I think the Colts have enough wide receiver depth, especially if um, Jonathan Taylor can really hit the ground running, you know, and continue the success that he had at the tail end of last season. Last season. So um, AFC South, sure. For the, you know, compared to the rest of the conference, that's a whole entire different story. But division wise, I think they're in a good spot. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm just really interested in the Colts in general. I'll be interested to study their roster more when, when that comes out. I, because there was a point last year where they looked like legitimately a legitimate AFC players. And, Carson Wentz happened and it just kind of doomed their season. But I wonder what happens with Matt Ryan, because even with Philip Rivers at the end of his career, they were able to be a playoff team and make a good run. So in a tough AFC, I'm just, they are one of the more intriguing teams to me in that I just don't know what's going to happen with the Colts this year. Finally, before we take a quick break here, the Saints earlier this week, I believe, or earlier last week, signed Jarvis Landry to a deal. So I have to ask this question to you, Trey. Do you believe the Saints can be a top 10 offense? No. <laughs> no. No? No. No. Can I make my no. case to you really no, quick? No, Eric, no. Oh, my gosh. I mean, no. they've got Alvin Kamara. He's going to be suspended oh. for a little while, but he'll get back. They're bringing Michael Thomas off back back off of his injury. He's going to be hopefully at least some percentage of Michael Thomas. 
They add Chris Olave, arguably the wide receiver one in the draft. Then you add Jarvis Landry as your kind of slot guy. Those are some good weapons for Jameis. And no. we know that Jameis is a stat monster. Sure, he'll throw interceptions, but he will put up the physical numbers to get you to a statistical top 10 offense season. I I I, I guess tell me why I'm crazy here, because I, I do think the Saints are going to be a legitimately fun team that could win 11 or 12 games in a week NFC because they have an awesome defense. And I think the offense can be great. Yeah, no, first off, I, I don't, I don't care about physical numbers. If you're going to bring that, that what's the word I'm looking for, that flawed logic or that flawed way of thinking with physical numbers. No, I, I don't do that. No, I'm, I'm just not doing that. So no, you expect me to think, and Jameis Winston, who, first off, you know, hasn't been all that great under two offensive-minded coaches. Bruce Arians wasn't good over there. Sean Payton, he was ass for the first couple games, had more, I guess you say, better moments than bad moments uh, under Sean Payton before he tore his, his ACL. You expect me to believe that Jameis Winston without Sean Payton guiding him? through that offense is going to be, excuse me, some top tier quarterback that'll lead that offense to respectable numbers, maybe respectable numbers, but not top 10 elite numbers. No, I don't know. No, I never think that if I'm wrong, then sure. I'm wrong. But goodness gracious, I'd slap myself before I even consider letting those words come out of my mouth. So no, Michael Tom, we don't even know Michael Thomas is going to be anything like his past self. Not that we don't even know. Chris Olave, we don't know what he's going to do. Um, Kamara, you know, like you said, he's suspended. The offensive line, you know, has been better. Uh, has been actually good for the past couple of years, but it has a question or two up front. Uh, no, sorry. Not, not buying that, no. I want to stop this debate here because we're going to have Ryan, our good friend, that boy Wolf on the podcast tomorrow. I'd like to ask him his thoughts because to me, the saints are just a fascinating off season team this year. And I'm, I'm interested to see what they end up doing next year. Let's take a quick break. Let's take a break. Trey, unfortunately, the reality of human life is that someday we will all pass on. No one wants to think about it. It's an uncomfortable topic, but it's important to take care of you and your loved ones when that day comes. That's right, Eric. Fortunately for our listeners, we know of a great guy that can help you set up your wills and trusts. Absolutely, Trey. Our friend Andrew McCullough has you covered. You can find him on Twitter at A-M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H-105. His DMs are open, and he and the folks at Brindley Sullivan can help you take care of you and your family's estate planning needs. Don't just take our word for it, though. Here is University of Utah star and current draft prospect, Britton Covey, to tell us more. Hey guys, Britton Covey here. As my long time at the University of Utah is coming to a close, it's time for me to start thinking about my future. There's no one I trust more than Andrew McCullough at the firm of Brindley Sullivan for my estate planning needs. Give his office a call to set up a free consultation at 435-673-9220. Andrew's firm is headquartered in St. George, but he spends plenty of time along the Wasatch Front taking care of his needs. So call him and tell him that Britton Covey sent you. More info at TrustYourTrust.com. 
All right, we're back. Trey, this is a specific question that I don't know if you got a chance to look at this, but this is the one question that I think could trip you up a little bit. But I trust your Broncos knowledge, so I've got to ask you this. Do you believe Jerry Judy is actually worth the headache? To give some context, Jerry Judy last week was arrested for a second-degree domestic violence thing, I wanted to say. There was no actual domestic violence committed, if you read the police report. He simply locked his wife's or, or the mother of his child's phone in his car so she couldn't get to it, and she ended up calling the police. But Jerry Judy, let me just list some things that he does. He's struggled with drops throughout his career. He's never really produced, even though he's had bad quarterbacks. Everyone raves about his ability to create space and get open, but that doesn't really seem to make a difference. And the guy is like pretty heavily associated with like being taken under the wing of Antonio Brown, of all people. Like AB is like some kind of weird mentor to him. As a Broncos fan, this all gives me pause. But I have to ask you, Trey, am I right to be slightly concerned about the off-field antics of Jerry Judy? Uh, I mean, the whole thing with him being arrested, uh, I'm going to be careful with my words here. Um, I'm not too concerned about that. I'm not too concerned about that, so... If, if that's one thing I can check off, then it's, I'm not too concerned about that. The whole Antonio Brown thing, I mean, I don't really know. And I don't really care. I mean, it's his life. I mean, it depends on Jerry Judy if and, and, you know, Antonio Brown's antics rub off on him and he starts acting out of order. I mean, that's on Jerry Judy. We don't know if that's going to happen. Um, certainly, the, you can have concerns considering A.B.'s uh, – tragic exit from the national football league but uh that that's on jerry judy to see if he picks up on the habits that antonio brown has on the football side of things the drops thing um he didn't have that problem in alabama um which you know which makes it all the more surprising that he's having in the nfl maybe that was maybe you know these drop issues are due to the crazy carousel of quarterbacks that this team has gone through, uh, especially, you know, you know, well, not just the crazy uh, carousel of quarterbacks, but the scheme as well. I mean, you never know. It could be that. It could be the other. It could be both. It could be something else that I didn't mention. Who knows? But I want to give that guy a clean slate. When you have an elite quarterback in Russell Wilson, you have a new offensive staff that's being led by Nathaniel Hackett. So, uh, I'm going to give Jerry Judy a new slate, and I'll say he is worth the quote-unquote headache that you're labeling him as, uh, you know, and I I think he he's worth it, you know, until I'm, you know, until it's proven otherwise. So uh, if that actually answers your question, then, yeah, I think he's worth the quote-unquote headache. We'll see what happens with Jerry Judy. I'm interested to see how he looks with Russell Wilson. Um We'll see, but he's never really produced for where he was picked is just all I really have to say about it. And 
if you're in the news getting caught up on arrest charges, like, I don't know, that to me is personally a red flag. All right, I have another question for you here, Trey. Do you believe Trey Lance will make the San Francisco 49ers competitive this year? Man, that's such a difficult question. Oh, man. Dang, that's so difficult because I just don't know what Trey Lance is at this point. I really don't. I mean, I was expecting him to come into maybe year two and be that guy, maybe that guy so much so that the 49ers will be confident enough to ship off Jimmy G for scraps and just call it a day. But fast forward, here we are. Jimmy G is still a 49er, and there's still questions about whether Trey Lance will actually start. So I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Trey Lance showed some glimpses in the preseason. Um, when he, when he was thrown into action in the regular season, there were certainly some bumpy blocks uh, that it appeared he had, you know, or needed some time to work through. Um, that start against the Texans, I mean, that was probably his best start of the season. You know, he only had two, but that was the best start uh, of his season. Uh, he didn't look all that great. I mean, and that's concerning when we talk about the Texans. And sure enough, the Texans defense wasn't all that crazy last year, but it's certainly a defense where, you know, I, I think Trey Lance should have had way more opportunities to take advantage of the opportunities that were presented to him. Uh, and even to start against the Cardinals, um, that was probably his coming out party. He's welcome to the NFL moment, but he looked horrible. He looked horrible in that game. Um, and it, I think he has to give big kudos to his defense for even giving him a chance to stay in that game. Because if they didn't, we'd be talking about how Trey Lunks looked dog crap awful in his first start of the year against the Cardinals defense. So I don't know. I mean, maybe the offseason will do him some good to the point where he'll develop well enough to a point where he won't look like a complete train wreck on the field. But as of right now, I just don't think he's – the, the safest option right there for the 49ers. Certainly, you look at the tools and say he gave you something more than Jimmy Garoppolo, but Garoppolo is a safer option at this point, and that's just very hard to admit. <laughs> so, no, I, I don't think he makes them competitive at this point, you know, barring any sort of improvement that we see later on down the line. But right now, no, I, I don't think he makes them com truly competitive for the NFC even with how weak the conference is. All right. Yeah, I, you know, I've made my thoughts on Trey Lance very clear since day one. I've kind of had the Trey Lance's bad take since the start of the offseason. Uh, I always just think back to the report that Kyle Shanahan did not want this guy and that this was a, oh, my God, I'm forgetting the GM's name. What, what an embarrassing moment. John Lynch, man. John Lynch, former Broncos safety and great. John Lynch wanted Trey Lance, and that's why they took Trey Lance. But ultimately, Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones, and I just think, man, Mac Jones probably would have started for them last year, and they might have been a much better team with Mac Jones at the helm than they were with Jimmy G because Mac Jones played better than Jimmy G last year. So, man. That's just a what if that keeps running into my mind. All right. 
Final two questions here. Let's go to the NFC North. I'm going to ask a broad question here, Trey. Do you believe anyone in the a in the NFC North can win the NFC North? No. <laughs> okay. No. 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 I think I agree, but I don't know if I agree as strongly as you do. I think there is a path most likely for the Vikings to win it. And then obviously the Packers, there's a chance for them to win it with Aaron Rodgers. The only team that I would be like totally shocked, and even then I wouldn't be totally shocked, is the Bears just because of the lack of receiving talent they have. But, you know, and Detroit probably is a year away. But would it surprise me if they won it? I don't really know. I just feel like this division is going to be way wide open. I don't think the Packers are going to win 13 games again. I just don't think that's going to happen. I know it's happened the past two years, but don't think it's happening this year. And I'll be interested to see how that all plays out. Yeah, I don't think the NFC North is as wide open as you think. It's certainly a division that could have multiple in-game scenarios, but I still think this is the Packers division. Um, not confident in the Vikings at all, especially with Kirk Cousins at the helm. Not confident. I've never been confident in Kirk Cousins in a long time. Long time. I haven't been confident in a guy in a long time. Uh, so, no, I still think this is the Packers division. But the winner coming out of the NFC North, whoever it is, isn't going to even touch the NFC championship game. I just don't believe that. I mean, you, you know, and that might be crazy to say because the NFC is so weak uh, compared to the AFC, but the NFC still has the Rams. It still has the Bucks. So I don't know. I just, I just don't think they're touching the NFC title game, the winner of the NFC North that is. Yeah. I, I, I think the NFC is very I would, the NFC title game, I don't think a team from here is going to go to that either. I, w- I would agree with that assessment. Okay, final question here, and then we can get out of here. The Steelers, been a lot of talk about the Steelers' offense. You know, Kenny Pickett comes in, they draft two wide receivers, they did a little bit on the offensive line in free agency. But we've talked about the Steelers' offense a lot. What made them good last year And what helped them get into the playoffs ultimately was their defense. My question for you is, does a defense that was really a top five unit last year, if we're being honest, does it regress going into this year? I say yes. And that's because I've always been a big proponent of saying defensive play, like elite high-quality, all-around overall defensive play is hard to carry over year-to-year for for any unit, basically. Because like the offensive side of the ball, there's so many variables. I mean, so many variables that can go your way during an all-time great season that it's just insanely unwise to bank on those going your way year after year. So, um Do I think the Steelers' defense will be good again? Of course. Do I think they'll still be a top 15, top 10 unit? For sure. But do I think they'll be a unit that'll be 
all-time good like it was last year and basically carry them to the playoffs? I don't really think so. Um, you know, simply because I'm, like I said, I'm not a big proponent of defensive play carrying over year to year, you know, especially elite play. Uh, so I've, I've yet to be proven wrong. <laughs> uh, when I'm proved wrong, I'll certainly be the first person to say, yeah, I was wrong about this. But until I'm proven wrong, I'm, I'm just not a big believer in that. So, no, I, I don't really think that defense is going to be, you know, carrying them to the playoffs anytime soon, you know, especially with how stacked the AFC is, the AFC is now. I think they'll regress as well. I, I, I'd agree with your statement that elite defensive play has a hard time carrying over. All right, Trey, before we get out of here, we're going to run some, uh, some recommendations, as I like to do on occasional episodes. What is one thing you would recommend watching or listening to or reading or looking at this week? Uh, of course, since I'm one of the biggest Kendrick Lamar stands you'll ever run into, definitely – Stream the crap out of Kendrick Lamar's album, man. I don't think it's as crazy as his most classic works, uh, but that's certainly not a bad thing either because his most classic works are considered some of the best pieces of music to ever hit the industry in you know modern history. So <laughs> definitely stream that. Um, one more thing to watch. Um, certainly the Champions League final is coming up this upcoming weekend. Um, got Liverpool versus Real Madrid. I don't know who's going to pull that out. Certainly either side could. I'm going to side with Real Madrid because they have this very, very odd ability to just climb their way out of any disastrous hole that they climb, that they put themselves, to dig themselves into. So certainly, you know, keep your eye on that as well. One more thing, though. Um, we have the EFL Championship Promotion Playoff Final um, we have Nottingham Forest versus Huddersfield, I believe. Uh, let me just look at that because I know Nottingham Forest just made it after um, uh, beating somebody in penalties uh, this past week. Uh, the EFL Championship final will be at Wembley, I believe, this upcoming weekend as well. Um, the winner will decide who gets that last promotion spot up to the Premier League. Who are the other two teams that are coming right now, for sure? Uh, the other two teams that are coming right now are Fulham and Bournemouth. They got knocked down last year, so um, they're coming up. But So who's in that game again, in, in the championship game? I believe, uh, Yeah, it's Huddersfield and Nottingham Forest. Okay. Uh, it's next weekend, actually, on a Sunday. It's early in the morning, so wake yourself up. Watch some playoff promotion football over from the EFL championship um you'll have yourself a good day so watch that as well yeah I would recommend watching uh on HBO Max if you have it our flag means death kind of a light-hearted show about uh pirates it's very funny uh you can watch it with pretty much anyone it's a good time I really enjoyed it personally uh, and the new season of Barry is out. So I'm rewatching Barry from start to finish because I like Barry, even though it is pretty dark. I, I will, I, I will definitely admit that Trey, I did want to tell you since you brought that up, I actually just bought Kendrick tickets 
earlier today. I am going to see him on August 24th here in Salt Lake City. I think he's touring almost everywhere. You should see if you could get some tickets in Tennessee. Uh, we'll see if I'm not some still some broke college student. I'll see if I'll go, but all I good I will. But it is what it is, though. But yeah, even we'll if see. you're a broke college student, I feel like this might be the last time he tours. Uh, you're you're clearly a huge fan. I I found some nosebleed. I found a nosebleed ticket for one person for ninety five dollars. So it's you know it's expensive, but it's certainly uh, affordable if if you can scrounge up a hundred dollars which i i think most people can scrounge up a hundred dollars so yeah that that what that was just uh you know something i did earlier today that i wanted to share i'll let you know how it goes as well awesome we appreciate it man. all right well that's it for us we will be back tomorrow with ryan and then we're, we're probably going on a break again for another week or two and then we'll come back again Maybe I'll come back with an episode while Trey gets some rest over the summer. But Trey, I'm hoping that you'll be back and raring to go in mid-July when we start doing some division previews. Yeah, we'll see. But those certainly should be some fun times if I do get to do those uh, either way. So. Oh, sorry. I, I kind of missed what you said there. I apologize. Oh, my bad. I said certainly... Um, We'll see, but if I do get the chance to do those, it'll be fun to do those, so we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll we'll try to get you in. All right, thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out.